0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, good morning, Akuo. Being asked to speak to you this week is special to me because I grew up in a time when women didn't speak at church on Sunday. I'm thankful to be able to share the words God has given me. And with that said, let's pray. God, we offer our attention to what you have for us now. We trust your perfect timing to teach us exactly what we need to learn today. I ask the Holy Spirit to work in us so that we would surrender to what you want for us. And I thank you for the resurrection life of Jesus that allows us to be a part of your church. In Jesus name I pray, amen. This series has been taking us through the book of Acts. Luke, Jesus' personal friend, wrote this account of the growth of the early church. Last week, we heard how Paul became Saul became Paul after a life-altering encounter with Jesus. This week, we'll check out chapter 10. Luke starts this chapter by introducing a God-fearing Gentile named Cornelius. Luke writes that Cornelius is an officer in the Roman army. He was powerful in society, respected by the Jewish leaders, and a centurion, meaning he was in command of a hundred men. In those days, Jewish people would not associate with Gentiles for many reasons, practically because it would make them unclean. But beyond the practical, Jews simply hated Gentiles and often used to slander and discourage people from associating with them. They told ridiculous lies about Gentiles eating their children and hiding their remains under the floor of their homes. But Cornelius and most Gentiles never did anything like that. But he wasn't a typical Gentile either. While most Gentiles worshiped many gods, he and his household all worshiped and prayed to the one true God. He was also generous to the poor. Needless to say, there was a significant racial racial divide that existed between the two groups. Starting in verse three, Luke writes, one afternoon about three o'clock, Cornelius had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? he asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying with Simon a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone... Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. Cornelius, the professional soldier, knows how to take an order. He wastes no time doing exactly what God said to do. Keep that in mind as we continue reading this chapter, but let's keep going. What I want you to notice is that Luke includes the detail that Peter's staying with a tanner, a person who works with animal skins. Working with dead things, such as animal skins, makes Simon and his whole house unclean. For the Jewish people of that time, being unclean meant you weren't able to interact with society or enter the temple to worship God until a sacrifice was made. The process for being made clean again was expensive and time-consuming. Being unclean was inconvenient and isolating, but Peter, a Jewish man, didn't seem to have any hesitation in staying at this unclean house. I was surprised by the seeming contradiction in Peter's accommodations, but then I began to recognize a similar problem in myself. In the fall of 2019, my family had been searching for a church to belong to for several months, and after most visits Luis, my husband, would say the church was too white. I hadn't even used that as a criteria for a church before. Because I grew up in predominantly white churches for my whole life, I was all too comfortable in a homogenous church. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me through Louise. I started to recognize there was a problem with the country club church mentality that I'd never considered. When we look at our city, there's a multi-ethnic population. Why then did I never wonder how a church whose congregation was made up of 99% white people and was led by an all-white staff could exist in a city in which people of color make up more than half the population? Privilege, that's the answer. I never wondered because I was comfortable. I really started to understand why Peter might have done and said what he did in this next scene that Luke describes. Peter was comfortable with his entirely Jewish community to the extent that as long as Simon the Tanner was Jewish, His occupation didn't keep Peter away. He was willing to break the Mosaic law, as long as it meant he didn't have to interact with someone outside the Jewish community. Was I willing to continue in my indifference to the multi-ethnic church Jesus came to build? The problem with that thinking is a promise God made to Abraham back in Genesis 12, verses one through three. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Then Jesus says, as one of his last statements on earth, Not just the Jewish people, but everyone on earth would be blessed by God and invited to follow Jesus. Even the Gentile Cornelius got a personal invitation sent by a messenger of God to hear the gospel. Now let's see what God says to Peter and how he responds. It was around lunchtime when the meal was being prepared and Peter was hungry. When he went onto the roof of the house to pray, he fell into a trance and had a dream. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In this sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared. I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Wow, anyone else just flat out say, no, Lord, like Peter, just me? Okay, now we'll see the conflict beginning to grow. Peter has chosen to stay with a man whose profession makes him unclean, but Peter won't eat any unclean animals that are offered by God himself? Which is it, Peter? Do you obey God or do you follow the law of Moses? You see, Andy Stanley helps clarify what's going on in his book, Irresistible. He says it's important to note that apart from circumcision, nothing embodied the old covenant more than the dietary restrictions. In the minds of faithful Jews, to break the dietary laws was to break the covenant. I had to ask myself a similar question. Was I going to continue to prioritize my comfort over the new covenant reality that the Church of Jesus Christ is made of all nations? Let's go back to the scene with Peter on the roof. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I've sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, We were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God fearing man, well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. I sometimes feel like poor Peter, not quite getting what the Holy Spirit is up to. But notice how God has precisely timed each of these moments to lead Peter to greater understanding. And even though he doesn't really get it yet, Peter follows the Spirit's lead. Let's read what happened next. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, stand up, I'm a human being, just like you. Cornelius used his influence to gather his community so they could hear the message God had to share through Peter. Cornelius was ready to hear the gospel and he might've gotten a little caught up in the excitement. Peter was starting to understand that Jesus had put an end to the old way that said Jewish people were the chosen ones. The new covenant welcomes people from all nations to be God's people. When Peter says, I'm a human being just like you, not only is he making sure Cornelius knows that only God deserves worship, he's also pointing out that his Jewish identity doesn't give him special status with God. Cornelius and Peter are equals. My female white American Baptist identity didn't give me special status either. Let's keep reading. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me? Cornelius replied, four days ago, I was praying in my house about the same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. So I sent for you at once, and it was good for you to come. Now we're all here waiting for God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Wow, Peter has no filter. He just flat out says no to God. And then the first thing out of his mouth at a stranger's house is, I almost didn't come here because I don't like to associate with you people. But what he says next shows that the Holy Spirit is at work in him, leading Peter to humility and better understanding of God's vision for his church. God is bringing together these two racially divided groups of people, Jews and Gentiles, for his purpose. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel that there's peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized? Now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, so he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Luke's account of what happened follows the same pattern of how the Holy Spirit came to the Jewish followers in Jerusalem at Pentecost. Those who heard and believed in Jesus' rescue received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, this event marks the beginning of the final phase of the Great Commission Jesus gave in Acts eight, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is the first time a group of Gentiles received the Holy Spirit. Peter boldly proclaims that God accepts all people who fear him without favoritism, He also says that people of Israel can now have peace with God too. No more sacrifices, no more rule book, all because of Jesus Christ. God made and gave his son Jesus' life for all nations so that we could all be adopted into his family. So Peter is saying there's nothing left that divides Jews and Gentiles. The law, completed by Jesus, is no longer needed. Gentiles who were once outside the blessing of Abraham were given access to the same blessing that had once been only for Jews. Jews and Gentiles once separated by a law of clean and unclean can now live together in community. No one can be called unclean by association. God has made unity possible by giving his own son Jesus at the final sacrifice by which anyone who believes in his is made clean and adopted into God's family. Everything God has planned is a way to bless all nations He's done through Jesus when he died and came alive again. Peter and the other believers were there to see that God's blessing to Abraham had begun to spread to all nations. Dr. Derwin Gray says it this way, God in Christ Jesus fulfilled his covenant with Abraham and gave Abraham his family. Throughout history, God was at work to make a way for everyone to be a part of God's chosen people. No one is left out. No one is outside the bounds of God's love. And he also says, all this power and grace were so Jesus could fill the, law, the Jews and Gentiles with his very life, thus forming his church and displaying his rule and reign. Our unity and reconciliation is a witness to Jesus' victory. Whenever a church does not welcome and include all nations, it loses the power of God's unified new humanity through Jesus. Jesus. If we were to settle for a country club church that excludes people of color, regardless of whether it's on purpose or not, everyone misses out on the beauty and wisdom that comes from listening and learning from people who are different. Being in community with people who we otherwise might never encounter presents opportunities to grow in humility, vulnerability, and honesty. It will force us to practice saying, I'm sorry, and to love people regardless of differing opinions about art, entertainment, education, parenting, politics, gun rights, abortion, or the most bitter debate of all. Can we call them boneless wings or are they just saucy nuggets? In Ephesians, Paul says, God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. You see, this is not just about Jews and Gentiles. For us today, there are many groups of people who've taken sides against one another. Jesus came to tear down those hostilities and bring people together, united, not by hatred of others, but by love for Jesus and compassion for their fellow humans. Paul wrote in Ephesians 2, 11 through 16, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days you were living apart from Christ, you were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. You see, the code of behavior that God gave to Moses to establish the nation of Israel as set apart is no longer needed because Jesus met every requirement in his perfect life and then took on death for us His life, death, and resurrection allow every one of us, no matter our differences, to be made new into a unified multi-ethnic humanity. Instead of being separated by religious practices or moral codes, we are united by the grace and love of Jesus. Those who have different cultural practices, rather than being a threat to our culture, add to the beauty of God's design for humanity to be a reflection of his image in the world. God's indescribable beauty is on display in the art, cuisine, music, and traditions of cultures around the world that will one day worship God together. One of the greatest minds of our generation, Dr. Taylor Swift, once wrote, "'It isn't hate, it's just indifference.'" Well, T. Swift, I'm sorry to say, (laughs) indifference is no better than hate because hatred and indifference both lose sight of the good plan God had for all people to live together in unity jesus was never indifferent to anyone he gave his life for us all it was my indifference that had to change in order to love jesus and people the way jesus loves me i have to be in proximity with people of color who are different from me and change me he did the holy spirit led my family to city tribe at just the right time the same way the holy spirit led peter and cornelius the exact Sunday in the fall of 2019 when Humby shared his vision that God had given him for Akuo, I can remember the Holy Spirit nudging me, hey, this is the church that I've been preparing for your family. And Humby loves to embarrass me with the story of how I came rushing out of the service with snot and tears all over my face, telling him, God told me Akuo is my church now. <laughs> God has given us a vision for the community he wants to create at akuo. A church where people of all different opinions and backgrounds show humility forgiveness love faithfulness generosity and patience to one another the holy spirit is continuing to teach me about god's plan for a multi-ethnic church and how i'm a part of it i love what nancy guthrie writes about peter because the same is true for me she says real change the kind that turns a simon into a peter or a scoundrel into a saint is not apprehended through good intentions, personal grit, rigorous accountability, or a decision of the will. It flows into our lives as we're joined to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit applies the death and resurrection power of Jesus to the areas of our lives that are resistant to change. The Holy Spirit applies this power to the places in our minds and bodies and spirits where we're dead to God and alive to our own desires, inclinations, and orientations. We find that we have a new power to say no to those desires that is not a power we developed on our own. It was granted to us. We become living, breathing, walking, talking, miracles of grace. We can't think our way into this kind of living because if we could, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have to use others to point out our mistakes like he used Luis to teach me, but rather the Holy Spirit does what only he can do to change how we think and give us a new identity. So if you want to experience transformation in your thinking or identity, all you have to do is ask Jesus. Now, if you've never talked to him, that can seem a little weird at first because you can't see him right now, but I wanna assure you that he's alive and he hears us when we pray, even if we can't see him with our eyes. And also at Akuo, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community praying with you. So right now I'm gonna lead us in a conversation with Jesus called a prayer. And everyone here, just say what I say to him in your own words. Jesus, I believe you came to the earth, lived your life perfectly, sacrificed your life on a cross for the whole world, including me. Then you came alive again, so that I could have a new life. I give you my old self. I believe you will make me a new person. And for the rest of my life, I wanna follow you the best way I know how. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if you just prayed with me for the first time right now, or you've been talking to Jesus for the last four decades and you wanna become a new kind of person that's part of Jesus' All Nations family, then pray this with me right now. Jesus, we are people who, like Peter, sometimes live in our comfort zones instead of welcoming everyone to the family of God. Forgive us for the times we don't trust the Holy Spirit to make peace between us, but instead avoid people who aren't like us. Jesus, give us new hearts that open to people that are different from us. Help us to remember that we can bring peace to our world by loving people around us the way you taught us. And listening to the Holy Spirit's voice to lead us. In your wonderful, unifying name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Akuo. Everything we do, like providing cold water at our services throughout the summer, treating local teachers with coffee, or providing supplies for ku kids, is only possible because you respond to the Holy Spirit with generosity. So thank you for listening to God and being generous to a Kuo Church. We believe the Holy Spirit speaks to each one of us and He guides how we live. Our hope is that you spend time listening to God and know what and how much He wants you to be giving. We find in the Bible one model to practice generosity is giving a tenth of your income or tithe to the local church but we also see that generosity in Acts is not just financial, but can also be giving time and talent to the church as well. The Holy Spirit could be prompting you to find a way to serve here at Akuo on one of our A-teams. Reading in Acts, we also learn the church is a community that takes care of one another in our tough times. We know that times are really tough and you might not be able to give financially, and that's okay. If things are tough for you and your family, please let us know and reach out to us because we want to be there for you. We want to be linked to you in your tough times. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, let us know. Just go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send Humby an email directly at humby.severa at akuo.church. You can call or text the church directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Then you get there, you simply click on the giving link, follow the instructions. But if you prefer, you can use the text to tithe option. For that, just text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount that you want to give to the number 77977. Well if you roll pen and ink over digital, we also have our P.O. Box available for sending your gift through a check. You can mail it to AKUO at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas 78201. Okay fam, that's a wrap on today. On behalf of the Akua staff, I want to remind you that we love you, and we regularly thank God that we get to be in community with all of you, and we'll continue to pray for you throughout the week, but let's pray right now. God, thank you for giving us this community. Thank you for giving us Jesus Christ that unifies us, and we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word together. In your name we pray, amen. And that's all I have. So if you haven't already been to a dinner group yet, we'll see you tonight. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akouo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.